2: We um, we did a show in Prague with with Metallica and Five, T- Five Fingered uh, about eight months ago, and it was it was uh, it was really cool. Metallica like sat on the side of the stage while we played and watched us. I thought it was really really cool to to have those guys hang out and um, and James like he introduced himself to us afterwards, and and I told him I was like, hey man, it's really an honor to meet you like. There's not that many bands that, that we've played in front of you know, that, I, that I'm kind of like frightened to, to play in front of. But there's only a few in the world that are kind of scary, like Guns N' Roses, uh, Iron Maiden, and Metallica. Like, it, nobody wants to see the opening band. Everybody wants to see those bands. And so going out on stage and seeing everybody in Metallica fans, I was like, I was like, I considered it a success that I didn't get hit with anything. And James looked at me and he goes, yeah, I missed. And I was like, that was really good. It was good, it was quick.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Benny Goodman, the Neurotic Guitarist, and I'm here with my cohorts, compatriots, Siobhan Cronin and Corey Pesa, how are you guys?
3: Great, great. I'm excited. This is a very visual episode, as always, because this week we have our good friend, not to steal your intro, but we have Satchel back on from Steel Panther, one of our most popular guests. Uh, I didn't have to lie
0: by saying that he's like my favorite guest ever, because we say that to a lot of people. But in this case, for this episode, he's definitely our favorite guest ever. Satchel from Steel Panther. Satchel, how are you?
1: I feel like a hundred dollars. In this economy? <laughs> What's that even worth now?
2: Yeah, I know. Yeah, because in my end, can people see me? I mean, I, I don't even know if I, I was picking my nose a second ago.
3: Well, you look great doing it. So for and, anyone that's listening to the audio podcast, tune into the video on YouTube.
2: I think picking – we should make picking our noses like totally acceptable. Don't you think? He
3: says it isn't.
2: It is for me. I do it all the time. I – you know, it's uncomfortable to have boogers in your nose, but people are still very judgmental with that kind of shit. And it's, it's really lame. I think it should be made. I think we should have, you know, presidents, and not that anybody looks up to the president anymore, I guess. But, uh, you know, foreign dignitaries. People should be picking their nose on TV all the time. Game show hosts, all that shit.
0: Growing up skiing, my dad had stalactites hanging from his, like, 70s porn stash. Said, so I just wish, I just wished... He would just pick at that in front of me, just to let me know that he knew he knew that that existed. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Back in the in the '80s, just going skiing, and you just you had the stalact it stalagmites or stalactites of just boogers just
1: hanging from your stalactites from the mustache, mites from the beard. Okay, that's right. The Did side, the
2: stalagmites yeah. go up?
1: Sure,
3: I think so.
2: <laughs> it's <laughs> it's really hard to remember. I'll, I do know that you never eat soggy waffles. And every good boy does fine, right? That's all uh, lies, by the way, because you can totally eat soggy waffles. And not every good boy does fine. That's a fucking, it's a lie told us by the establishment to get us to
0: remember things that- Siobhan just got it. She's like, oh, that's
2: Well, musical.
3: no, I, I got yeah. the every good boy does fine from the lines on the treble clef, but what's the soggy waffles referring it's, to? It's
0: the,
2: uh, it's Northeast Southwest. Ah, well,
3: uh, okay, okay, right? okay. For people that forget- <laughs> what? <laughs> Why do you need to be reminded of how to remember that? Yeah, well,
2: this is before people had GPS on, on oh, them all the time. Kids, right. you know, anybody. When I say kids, I mean anybody under fifty. Kids right. don't remember this shit. I mean, I used to have a compass to get to school, and I used to ride a, a velociraptor to school. A lot of people don't. Remember. Back I mean, in the it was,
3: prehistoric age.
2: Yeah, it's a different time back then.
3: But kids don't remember anything now. I mean, because they have TikTok and it's like, you only have to be like in the present for 10 seconds and not remember anything. So.
2: I mean, people don't have to remember anything. So they go on Google and then Google goes, Hey, what, what kind of uh, bullshit should we teach these kids? You know, <laughs> let's, let's tell them Kip Winger was a, uh, the president of France in 1782 or so. I don't know.
0: But come on, in the defense of Kip Winger and France, it's kind of an accurate uh, statement. Like he, he's very dignitary-like. Kip Winger is a, a full-blown composer. I wouldn't be surprised if he has like the, the Beethoven, like sashy shirts like Ingve at home because Kip kisses above my head.
2: Did I tell you Winger is going on tour with us?
0: That's amazing.
2: Yeah, they're, they're going to England with us. And uh, it's going to be great. We love we love Winger and, and they're a great band. I don't know if you guys have ever seen Winger, but it's not mine.
0: Yeah, dude. Reb Beach. <sighs> fuck Reb, yeah.
2: Yeah, Reb's great. They're all great players. And and uh, I'm not I know Reb's still in the band. I'm pretty sure Reb's still in the band.
0: Was, what? Who else would be play- would, would be like Paul Short? The guy, the drummer, the guitar, uh, keyboard guy, be playing instead of Reb. I mean, how can you replace Reb and Winger? I can understand in White Snake since he's like the seventy third dude. It's like, is yeah. it Doug Aldrich? Is it Mickey Moody? Is it like John Sykes? Is it Reb yeah. Beach? Because because that's just Dave Coverdale because he's gluttonous. But in Winger, yeah. there can only be one, and yeah, that's Reb really. Beach. He's
2: he is he's a huge part of Winger for sure. And, and uh, I don't know who, who you would get to do all the uh, tapping licks that he did so well in that band.
3: So when is the Europe or the UK or whatever the tour is that you're talking about, when is that happening? I
2: think we're going over there with Winger in May, which should okay. be awesome. And, uh, you know, we haven't done, we haven't done a, uh, a headlining tour in the UK since uh, before they uh, started the uh, one world government and locked everybody down into a oblivion. So but right. we're, we're looking forward to it. We've, we've gone back and we did download festival uh in in 2022 but that was all we did in england for the last three years so
3: how do you feel about british fans like like versus your i hate
2: them all no i'm kidding they're great no they're great i mean they're they're great i mean they're definitely um i mean they're really sweet people they're they're really i think they have to be because you know they're not very good looking no i'm kidding (laughs) (laughs) no no, they're, they're they're all great some some of them i'm surprised I was expected all English people to look like Benny Hill at one point. And, uh, so every once in a while I'll see a girl, I'm like, fuck, I would totally fuck this English girl. And then she smiles and her teeth are all fucked up. <laughs>
3: I remember when we were on tour, my band. We went. It was when, by the Bohemian Rhapsody movie came out, and there was some reference to like a British people having bad teeth joke. And we watched like this movie in the theater in the UK, and all of us laughed in like a single row at that joke, and not a single other person found it funny. <laughs> they were all so offended by that, and I was just like, "Wow, <laughs> we yeah. really are in a different place." <laughs>
2: They've got a good sense of humor, though. I mean, like, like, I remember one time we we were touring Europe, and and we went. Uh, we got to the UK after being, you know, in France, and. Germany and places like that. And, you know, everybody speaks English in and, and, uh, and the UK. And the first thing I said on on stage, I was like, oh, man, I'm so fucking glad we're here in the fucking UK where everybody speaks American. <laughs> and, like, the whole fucking place went, boo, boo. And, um, and then I said, you guys are just pissed because we won the war. And it was great. Oh, they, just, they all laughed, and they kept going with it. It was great.
3: <laughs> what a great way to start a show. Was,
2: I, I got, I got, got them on, on their grumpy side, but they, but they were ready to have fun, so it didn't fucking matter. I figure if you get pissed at that, then you shouldn't be at a Steel Panther show.
1: Steel Panther, uh, <clears throat> just before we get too far, we got to talk about this because you guys just dropped uh, a new track on uh, Valentine's Day.
2: Yeah, well, it's it's a, a great song and it's a great video. It's off our new record. We have a record coming out.
1: In, uh, Do not watch it at work yeah or do watch it at work Whatever. if you don't like your job your um, if you go uh, to
0: onlyfanscom yeah,
2: which is like 90% of the girls under 30 at this point um listen so so we it's called friends with benefits it's off our our new record on the prowl and um it's it's pretty self-explanatory it's about friends with benefits and and um i you know it's it's interesting uh, i mean i tend to write songs sometimes and I go, oh, this is a great title for a song and then somebody points out later after the song is out, they'll go this doesn't sound like a friends with benefits situation this sounds more like a man and a hooker <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, it's just, but isn't that the same thing So, but it's a uh, that's what the friends with benefits it, a lot of the lines are, you know, you get $35, I get to slap you with my dick um you know you get dinners Fogos, I get to come inside your ass yeah you know, that's those are the lyrics
0: basically so it's I mean, he's the friends with Benny's. Technically technically, like you could be talking about Benjamin Franklin's so maybe they don't understand in the UK true. that you're referring to the dignitary that was Benjamin Franklin, who also did a lot with his dick all over the place. True. Yes, and all these guys did. And, what and, a great whore Benjamin Franklin was. He was. He a lot was. of the
3: classical composers were too. And nobody likes to talk about the fact that like a lot of the greatest classical composers had like millions of illegitimate children.
0: How many box are there? They
2: really uh, like who, to ball. Oh, who
3: knows? <laughs> and who knows at this point? Oh, yeah. Way more I mean, than we can count.
2: Probably populates more than half the world, right? I mean, uh, but you know, a lot of people don't know that um Albert Einstein, same same thing. He was uh, I mean, not only were his parents first cousins, which is really hot, but Albert Einstein's uh married, I think he married his own cousin, and he was he was just banging everything with a hole, basically. So
0: <laughs> I w- I was surprised that you would, that that was what you went for with Albert Einstein, considering he made a whole list for his wife of do not whole talk to list. me. Yeah. Did, have you not looked at this? Like not Franz list, but there oh. was a list of like do not talk to me if I'm working, just leave my dinner, do not expect sex oh. of me. I mean, cool. it's not really? very Steel Panther-esque, but
2: that, funny. That was well, that was only to keep him out of there because he was banging hookers. I mean, listen, let's face <laughs> it. Albert Einstein, he's he was very famous, by but he wrote The Theory of Relativity at 26 fucking years old. So he made his mark, and then he was like, I'm fucking famous. I'm going to fuck as many girls as I can. If, if Albert Einstein could have had our holy fans, you know he fucking would have.
0: <laughs> you know, I feel like the, the, that you need to write a song about Rasputin, because that would be a very Steel Panther thing. That dude banged everybody, and they couldn't kill him. You know, like yeah. they had to like, shoot him and poison him and like, put him underwater and he still lived and still fucked like that guy's sister.
3: Rasputin is not very catchy, though, as a name. You know, it's like friends with benefits sounds better than acquaintances with benefits.
2: Yeah, right. It's uh, there's, there's a lot of good. I've got a lot of song ideas in the in the hat right now, but, but uh, that's that will go in there. That's uh, there's there's not the dirty some- sock. <laughs> the dirty sock. Well, I don't know. Yeah, well, instead of the
0: hat, you know, maybe it'll actually make an album if it's in the dirty sock.
2: Yeah, you never know. I mean, you know, there, there's there's so many. I've, like, over the last, I mean, probably 20 years that, that we've been, because we, because I started writing songs for Steel Panther a lot, long before we got a record deal, right? So, you know, a lot of, a lot of people in bands thinks, like, like, think that, you know, especially when you start to get known or whatever, like, that it happens overnight. And sometimes it does, but I think a lot of, uh, a lot of bands we are definitely we did it the old school way which i never wanted to do like i remember having these conversations with the guys in my band years ago where, where they were like they were like you know uh talking about who, who's the guy who who sings that song satellite he's he's a 90s dave dave something oh dave matthews band dave Math Dave matthews band right so like i remember hearing about him and how. He just he he did it the old fashioned way. He like played shows in, in college dorms and just did a bunch of live shows for like years and years and years. And then he finally blew up. And um, I was like, God, I don't want to fucking do that. It sounds miserable. <laughs> like fucking just play like p- backyard parties and. But that's basically what we ended up doing. We just did small clubs like forever, and then we you know did the Sunset Strip forever and ever and ever. And then eventually, like after like fifteen years of doing live shows. Somebody said, hey, we should give you guys a record deal. And we were already, like, way too old to give a shit at that point. So we were like, (laughs) fuck it. We'll just take it. But I had already written a bunch of songs at that point. We were already selling CDs out of the trunk of our car. And um, a lot of people don't know that about about us. But we were like, we were basically like, shit, let's just do bitching songs about fucking old people in the ass. And um, we'll sell it to the audience. They'll love that shit. So... It was funny because we sold. I remember we were playing the Viper Room and we started selling, uh, selling CDs from the st- stage. And we had a box of CDs and we literally sold them to the audience. And the first night we sold like 300 CDs and we were we were like, "This is going to be amazing. We're going to get rich." And the and the next week we we had a box of CDs and everybody was the same people in the crowd. <laughs> Nobody bought a CD. We're like, fuck, we already sold
0: out. This sucks. Like, we're not going to sell anymore." It does go to say that Steel Panther does have the most allegiant fans, though. You know.
2: You know, we we uh, the whole goal when we first started playing was let's just do whatever we can to get people to come back every week. So if you know if we have to have two girls with one cup on stage, we will fuck it. You know.
3: Oh God! I have PTSD yeah. from what, seeing that movie or whatever video. it takes.
2: Shabon, whatever it takes. You know. It
3: it definitely triggers you. That's what did, you, <laughs> did, did you watch it? I was like like inadvertently forced to watch it in college. I just remember like I just got to a certain point and I was like, I I don't need to know anymore. But forever after, it doesn't even matter because I just know what it is that I can't even hear about it. <laughs>
2: Inadvertently, you watched it by so that's kind of a rapey situation. If somebody made you watch that, and you weren't ready for
0: it, was it like Clockwork Orange? Did someone sit you down like Stanley Kubrick with your like the things on your eyes, and you're like, you must watch girls shit on each other?
3: But it's one of those situations where it's like everybody's talking about it. So you're so curious about it. And it's like, you know that you probably don't need to watch this and you probably shouldn't watch this and your life will be much better if you don't watch this. (laughs) But you can't resist the fact that like you need to know.
2: Just like a Joe Biden speech. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Did I say that out loud?
0: Dude, listen, I got to tell you, I, I try to stay like completely out of like the media. I haven't heard anything about that guy. What a wonderful way. Like, hes he doesn't even exist. Like, I didn't even know we had a president. I walked outside, took my dog down the street, and, like, the first I knew we had a president, I'll, the last I remember him, he was walking into a garden somewhere. And they're just like, where is he going? And they're like, I don't know. That was it. That was Joe. Just right off into the sunset. It's, it's fucking fascinating.
2: It's a really amazing watching like the way the media covers him compared to the way the media covered Donald Trump, right? So it's just very, very different. So I'll just leave it at that. It's very, very different. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it's definitely a little bit like watching two girls with one cup, you know, you can't stop watching it. You just, <sighs> the fuck am I well I stopped,
3: it? but I saw more than enough to uh, affect me forever. <laughs> so.
2: well, I, st- I, I stopped with about four seconds left in the video. <laughs> <laughs>
3: listen it must have gone viral for a reason so clearly you know you're you know the audience so
2: i know this is why i mean i can't understand why all my own shit eating vid- videos haven't gone viral at this point
3: because <laughs> you weren't the first to do it
2: that's the problem nobody wants to watch a 70 year old man eat his own turds What's
1: wrong with people there's a market for that somewhere <laughs> in germany <laughs> I want to ask you, uh, and I I was just, you know, browsing the headlines for, you know, the recent Steel Panther news and uh, also come across this tidbit about you guys have an app now.
2: It's just a dating app where the the people are real and not like, I mean, I look at, have you been on Tinder lately?
3: Not lately, not in years.
2: You are not missing out because it's all super duper hot chicks, but it's the same picture of like the same people over and over. And I just picture, like, you know, there's some, like, you know, 80-year-old Asian man, like, with all these fake accounts. And he's, like, trying to – they try to get you to, like, you know, go and uh, donate yeah, – basically go to an OnlyFans page or a or – Really?
3: A, yeah, it's wow. either
2: all real hookers, which I'm fine with, or um, –
0: Wait a minute. Hold on. I've been out of the game for a while. So you can't even use the internet and its applications to like fairly fuck random chicks anymore. It's just bots.
2: No, because that's the problem with the internet. It all turns to shit after a while. And like somebody somewhere figures out how to make a scam out of everything. Right. So you're, you're, you know, somebody makes a great invention, like, Hey, let's hook people up so they can just fuck and everybody's having a great time and then and then some other people are like hey we can make money off this and let's put fake pictures on
0: there and it's like god we were having a great time fucking each other adult friend finder was definitely none of those people were real man it was like one old guy
2: right i know it's the same thing the same thing happens to all those apps so but that's why we're starting an app where you can't you know you can't be a fake person you have to be real you have to take pictures of your own dick before you get on there or your So vagina. that
3: is how you verify the identity. That you have,
1: it's like, it's like a
2: retina scan, except it's your balls. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so who did the programming on that?
2: Uh, that was, that was me. I, I used yeah. uh, my my own balls were the test subject.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. They were a little too big at first. So we had to, uh, you know, we had to just, we had to lens. <laughs> yeah. get a big uh, big telescopic lens. It was great. Okay. All right. <laughs> it's like shooting the
0: moon. Now the new records on the prowl. Is that kind of like your research for this for this application was being on the prowl? It certain, certainly sounds awfully prowly to me.
2: That was one of the things. It was like we we were we were like this is great. We've got this album called Down the Prowl and and uh, why not start an app and you know really really go into you know let's be tech moguls. Fuck it. You know, there's no really There's not really any money in music anymore. So let's be the next Elon Musk. Let's start We'll do everything opposite though. Instead of starting t- like, you know, Tinder, we'll start t- Tinder that has real people instead of fake people. And then, you know, in- in- instead of, uh, you know, starting a- a- our own SpaceX, we'll start a company that, that you know, doesn't just grift off the government. We actually like really do send people to space and we don't just talk about it. And then And then instead of making electric cars, We'll just make like Ford F150s that are all gas and they they don't even like run on gas. They just run on like uh like hamburgers. You put hamburgers in the engine and it fucking burns hamburgers and uh, and unwanted children.
0: That sounds like a modest proposal there, Satchel. Yeah. I like I liked how you brought that in with like a Johnson Swiss 17th century eating children joke. Yeah, we'll we'll
2: say we'll you know solve all the world's problems while you know, fuck it. We're, you know, we're like anti-global warming. We're fucking like we're like let's try to heat the globe up. You know, I'm freezing my ass off in Vegas. It fucking snowed in Vegas like yesterday, and you're telling me that the globe is too hot. Fuck you, man. I'm freezing my ass off. I don't even have a coat warm enough to live here now. It's
0: freezing. It was negative twenty three in Boston the other day. I took my dog out, and I was yeah, like, don't "This go to is Boston. It, what the fuck is this? You killed your dog because it was too yeah, I, I, cold? I did kill my I did kill my dog." <laughs> He wasn't too cold. I just left him outside and then he got too cold.
2: I almost killed my dog because he was too cold. And then I figured out that he was just shivering because he was trying to get sympathy for a snack. Aww. And he almost got a bull in the head. I was like, hey, next time don't fake it, you know? <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, speaking of companies w- wanting to make money on things, I'm curious. This will be a fun question. We were talking about Google. What, you know how they target you. You know they follow what you're doing. You get targeted ads. What do your Google targeted ads look like?
2: Oh, mine? Mine are usually just like hookers and dildos and cocaine and shit. But it's weird because the the cocaine that you buy on Amazon, it's really like, it's always, there's always a picture of like, I don't know, like a bedpan or there's, they don't sell it as cocaine. So you got to figure out like, why is this thermometer... $700. $700. Oh, it's because it's like a kilo of cocaine. Whatever.
3: Right, right. I've noted that. That's a thing, though, because my, my husband ordered. I can't remember what it was, but it was like a little robot vacuum that was like mysteriously very cheap. And of course, it was a piece of shit. But all the reviews had something to do with like something else. It was like a reviews about a completely different product. Oh, yeah. And no, like, they do.
0: They do. They do this. They Yeah. They have like fake products that they put on Amazon and Amazon's like, fuck it. And then they're like, oh, yeah, no, it has like three thousand seven hundred five star reviews. And you look at it, and it's like for a calculator.
3: Right, you're, that's you're, exactly yeah. what it was, I think. It was a calculator. I wanna I mean, I tell you on my newsfeed,
0: a long time ago, I, I saw uh, this crazy, disgusting bear, right? It's got, it's like blims coming out all that, but this was supposed to be a plush toy. Like a big, it was beautiful, this big plush toy with all this guts coming out of it. I'm like, I'll buy that, I'll buy that. Like 18 weeks later, I get this like made of asbestos and, and paper mache. This like it, by the way, this wasn't even the one I ordered. This was not even the bear I ordered. This wasn't the style. And and when I went to go right back to them, like it was like a dummy company, didn't exist. All
1: the the reviews were gone. Yeah, and I'm just
0: left with this asbestos bear.
1: Wow. Well, at least you got a bear. Definitely with a camera in it that's going to some feed somewhere.
2: Yeah, right. It's recording everything. It's fucking
0: yeah. will Appreciate this, dude. So like the other night, I, I I've never ever put tape on any fucking camera where I'm like, nobody's watching me, nobody's watching me. I'm I'm watching some fucking dirty ass porn like I do because I'm an old man, I'm disgusting, I'm a terrible person. If you looked at my Google searches, I'm fucked, right? Yeah. I, and all of a sudden, I noticed that the light is on my camera over here, Yeah. it's on over there. And then like five minutes later, it was off and I Googled it and they're like, no, someone's definitely watching you. So now, yeah. I've taped everything like, I, even my own cameras for my own house for surveillance, I still put, I put tape over those, too. When I find out people
2: are watching me, I just shove my dick right in the camera.
0: You know, fuck it. Yeah,
2: you want yeah to but see why it. give
3: that away for free, though? You got to be charging a subscription.
2: Why not? If somebody wants to look at my dick, I'm happy about it. <laughs> well, here you go, Grandpa. Get off on it.
0: All right, so I don't mean to get introspective here, but I'd like to talk about the fact that we no longer have Lexi on this record. You have a new bass player. Last we talked to you, you you kind of let us know, and we all love Lexi. We've, we we've loved him. He was great. What a part of the band. What's what's going on now? Like, fill me in. Since well, last- we've got
2: we've got Spider on bass now, and he's kicking ass. And I didn't have to I didn't have to redo any of the bass parts on this album because Spider's really good. So he kicked <laughs> ass. He was he he he's got. Great tone. He's got great feel. He's an awesome bass player, and uh, he's not as pretty as Lexi, which is great because I just get more, more girls. I mean, a lot of the girls that went for Lexi though, they were they were just looking to be friends, so they they weren't looking to to have sex. I mean, you know, he, he's he was pretty uh, ahead of the curve with with the transitioning movement. So, um, but yeah, Spider is kick ass. He's doing great. He sounds great, and um, and. You know, he, as long as he doesn't rub me the wrong way, he can have a gig for a while.
1: What did the process look like? Because it, it took you guys kind of a while and, and some different bassists that were kind of touring around with you. How did, how did that whole process go?
2: Well, you know, we weren't, we never expected uh, Lexi to quit the band, but when he quit, we were like, well, shit, let's, uh, you know, I mean, unlike a lot of bands, we had the same members for a long time. Like we, we basically, you know, we stayed together better than the vast majority of bands and uh, and so we didn't want to rush in and, and get somebody that was gonna be in the band for a year and then have it not work out so we really just tried tried a bunch of people out and um, and there were people that our fans liked and and all that and you know we had we even had a contest we had people t- vote and all that and uh, as much as we love our fans and we appreciate their input ultimately in a situation like that, you know we've got to pick the guy that goes in the, that, that we get because we got to go on the road with him. We have got to work with the guy, and um, and for Spider it was uh, it was kind of a no brainer because we've known him for many many years and uh, and and we've played with him. He's a great player. He's a super cool guy. Um, and and it's kind of like an old you know pair of socks with some holes in it. You know you know you, yeah. you, you want to throw the socks away but they fit good and 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 they look cool with your sneakers and uh you know they're beat they're about to they're about to be thrown in the trash and that's, that's how we feel about spider he's like he's he's knocking on death's door he's really not in his prime but but uh you know we're gonna keep him along until he until he has a heart attack or something so fuck it <laughs>
3: Well, speaking of staying together, I this is making me think. I don't know if anyone here saw that the documentary on Netflix that was about Metallica when they were doing the Saint Anger uh, album and how they were going through therapy and all this stuff. I feel like Steel yeah. Panther needs a documentary like in that style. I feel like that's very much on brand for you guys. Do you see that ever happening? Like doing some sort of movie?
2: You know, we we've talked a lot about uh, about different shows, about TV shows. We've had people, we've pitched shows. We've had many many people involved with us. Uh, there are people that want to do, like, uh, like a, a real documentary, like, real bit behind the music kind of thing and and really get to know the people behind, uh, behind you know, the band, you know, who's really, like, doing what and, and who we are and all that. And, um, you know, maybe at some point we, we will do something like that. But, I, I mean, personally, uh, I feel like uh, our fans really just want to party right now. And we're going to party as hard as we can until, you know, really – when, I think when, once, you know, once we all start dying, you know, I'll just like, I'll capitalize and I'll, I'll give all the dirt on everybody and I'll just keep all the money for myself, tell everybody about, you know, about, about our, our singer and our drummer and, and Spider and, and Lexi, I'll give all the secrets away and I'll just, just show pictures of them naked with like, you know, in hotel rooms and, and, you know, I'll just, I'll just keep all the money for myself because they'll be dead. Of course.
3: It'll yeah. be great. Yeah, it's like the the Pam and Tommy Lee sex tape. Yeah, steal it and d- distribute it.
0: <laughs> yeah, why not? I, I have to know because listen, I know deep down inside that you like everybody who was born or alive during the '80s. What's what's your feeling on the new Metallica? Like, I'm, how am I supposed to feel about this? Because I so, I sort of like it. It kind of has a whiplashy vibe, but then the second single sort of let me down. So I don't. How am I supposed to feel, Satchel?
2: Well you know what? I can't tell you Benny, how you're supposed to feel, but I can <sighs> tell you how I feel. I, okay. I, I liked the first single a lot. And actually I liked the second one too. I thought, I thought it was pretty cool and it did. It it had, it gave me, it gave me vibes of like early Metallica and the tone tones were really cool. And, and, uh, and it was simple. And, uh, I liked it, man. I mean, I, mean, I, I wasn't expecting to like it, to be honest with you. And, and, uh, but I was really pleased to to dig it, and um, it actually inspired me. It was like, okay, cool, that's that's rad. I'm I'm really glad. We um we did a show in Prague, with with Metallica and Five Five Fingered uh, about eight months ago, and it was it was uh, it was really cool. Metallica like sat on the side of the stage while we played, and watched us. I thought it was really really cool to to have those guys hang out, and um and James like he introduced himself to us afterwards and and I told him I was like hey man it's really an honor to meet you like there's not that many bands that that we've played in front of you know that I that I'm kind of like frightened to just, to play in front of but there's only a few in the world that are kind of scary like guns and roses uh iron maiden and metallica like it, nobody wants to see the opening band everybody wants to see those bands. And so going out on stage and seeing everybody in Metallica fans, I was like, I was like, I considered it a success that I didn't get hit with anything. And James looked at me and he goes, yeah, I missed.
3: I was
2: was like, that was really good. It was good. It was quick.
3: (laughs) Well, I can tell you when my band opened for five finger death punch, there was not a lot of crossover in the fan base. Maybe there was, but you know, there's always that interesting moment when you're, when you're the opening band to be to walk out and be like, I just feel like everyone here is not open to this. <laughs>
1: Especially star set where there's like, wait, why, why are they wearing? Uh, it's like men hats? wearing
3: spandex. And yeah, we've, we've gotten some interesting uh, slurs thrown. And five from, finger uh, death punch it.
0: is officially endorsed by skull. So it's a little bit, it's a little bit different.
3: <laughs> yeah. So that was definitely an interesting tour. I'll say.
2: <laughs> yeah. I remember doing uh we, we, we toured with Judas, Judas priest. And, uh, the first show we did was, um, Oh God, where was it? was it like Rochester or something. It was, and, uh, and we were supposed to go on at like eight o'clock, but the promoter pushed it back an hour. So everybody was there and they were waiting around and then, and we weren't on stage and they were expecting us on, on stage at eight. And it was like, we didn't go on until nine. And by the time we went, we went on stage. They already hated us. They hated us because they didn't, didn't want to see us. And they're all older because they're Priest fans. And the fact that they were t- made to wait around made them even angrier. And we came out on stage and there was a guy in the front row with, with a Judas Priest leather jacket. And, um, and he was like pointing at the jacket and he was flipping me off. He was just like... Fuck you guys. I fucking hate you. I fucking hate you. Judas Priest rules. Fuck you guys. And he was doing that the whole time. You know, the first two songs we played all the way through and I'm, I'm running up to the guy and I'm like, I'm like thrusting my crotch in his face and stuff, but he he wouldn't stop. He was really angry. And, um, so it was the first show of the tour and I just, I decided that if I didn't beat this guy, that it that was going to be the outcome of the whole tour. So I went after this dude so hard and I made him the butt of every joke for the first 10 minutes of the show and he and he was just not stopping until there were so many people that were laughing at him that he finally just went fuck it and he gave up. And and he joined he joined in the fun and I was like I fucking won. I was like that. And then that, that was basically what we had to do every night cuz there was people that wanted to kill us every night. But I think that's the best thing you can do as a band. You got to go out and play for people that don't know who you are and try to win them over. Yeah.
0: But most bands can't, most bands can't do that because you have to stick with your songs. So you have your songs, but you guys have your humor. Like you have your wit. So if you're like, fuck it, they don't want to hear Agent hooker. Let's just talk about the blonde chick with the big tits in the front row for the next eight minutes. And that's, see, that's your defense. Most of us are just like, well, if you don't like the first Bare Naked Lady song that I'm playing, you're probably <laughs> yeah, well, not going to like the Hootie and the Blowfish cover I have coming next. Well, well,
2: trust me, there's just
0: as many people that hate it when
2: you start joking about fucking their wives. <laughs> 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 hey, I was fucking your wife last night. <laughs> whoa, whoa, what the fuck do you say? I fucking kick your ass. We've had people jump on stage and literally try to beat the shit out of Michael Starr. He got chased around the, the stage one time. It was great. It's, it's super
0: fun. It's it's challenging. It's like that show Cheaters when he finally got stabbed. It only took like 300 fucking seasons of the guy going like, oh, I know what's going on. We're following you with the camera. And your girlfriend knows you're fucking that chick before he got stabbed.
2: <laughs> That's awesome. I'm going to have to look that episode up.
0: He was a hero. Oh, yeah, no, that really happened though. Yeah, he was on a boat and they stab- the guy finally stabbed him. <laughs> I, I'm surprised it took so long. He should, he, have, he should have known. He, did he,
2: he? Didn't have body armor on. That's what I'd be wearing the whole fucking time.
0: No, but he did act a lot more like casual and laid back after that episode.
2: <laughs> He's like, "Oh, okay. Well, you know, we know this girl's uh, husband is cheating on her, but we're not going to go too hard on this guy." <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my god, dude.
3: I don't know. Uh, I've always noticed when we're opening for like a band that seems like an odd match, you know, there, there's usually like a three to four song buffer where it's like you go out and you're like, oh, everyone hates us. And then by the second song, there's like a couple people that are getting into it. And then the third, I and then mean, there's some people you're never going to win over, especially if you can't interact with them. But uh, yeah, yeah. a lot of the times it just seems like if it's unfamiliar, they're going to immediately not like it at the outset. But a lot of people convert more quickly than you would think, in, in my experience.
2: Yeah. So some people, some people are, are really open to, just rocking and they want to like you. They give you a, uh, give you a, a lot of room to uh, screw up and they, they'll still clap for you. But, but some people want to hate you right out of the gate and you, you know, it's, I think it's a good, I think it's a good experience playing for people that, that just don't care. We, we, play, we played with a, we toured with stone sour and um, we were opening up for them for a while. I remember there was this one show, uh, where there was this girl who brought a book. She brought a fucking novel with her and she sat in the front row. She already staked her, her front row spot out. And while we were on stage, she was reading a novel. And I was like, that is fucking classy. <laughs> like, I'm gonna diss you so hard. I'm just gonna pretend you're not there. I'm gonna read a novel. And and it was awesome. It, <laughs>
0: It, it just made me laugh. I thought it was that's great. like some Andy Kaufman shit, dude. It was like, like literally you got, you got heavy metal going on in front of you. You're wow. like, it was the best of times. It yeah. was the
2: worst of times. It was amazing. I'll tell you what. I was thrusting my crotch in this girl's face.
3: <laughs>
1: it's a go-to move for anyone. So
2: vehemently, knows. and she she really tried to ignore, but she couldn't ignore it. I was like, and every time she glanced up. I smiled at her, I was like, oh yeah, I'm fucking you.
0: I was really confused and maybe again, you know, being a, a guy from the metal world. So why did they replace the only good member of Motley Crue with John Five, who's amazing? So it's like they got rid of the best guy for the best guy, but it still sounds like Vince Neil when I heard the bootleg.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of the tough thing about that is like, you you get, I mean, listen,
0: Mick Mars was great. That's the thing. Like, I he, love Mick he, Mars. He was awesome. He was awesome. Like the greatest. Yeah, he was. He with the spine bifida. He, I loved his posture. Dude, I mean, it just goes to show you.
2: Like, I mean, Molly Crew—they've had this problem with, with their whole career. Like, you can't really replace anybody in that band because people want to see the original guys. I mean, and as much as let's face it, like Vince has never been a great lead singer. He always sounds like a screechy cat live. But but the truth is, he's Vince Neil, and we all love him. And, and we want to see Vince Neil because he's part of the band. And actually, to be honest with you, he's been losing weight lately. He looks better than he's ever looked.
0: Well, that's why I'm um, confused why he sounds still just as terrible. <laughs> he looks great. I mean, f- by comparison, it, he looks like he only ate half of himself from 1988. Listen, if he, like started, the <laughs> if he started
2: sounding good at, at this point, people would be like, this is fucked up. It wouldn't be right you <laughs> like, no, he has to sound like shit. Otherwise well, you like- Well, isn't
0: there some scientist somewhere that can explain- Like we've figured out a lot with science. What's up with Vince Neil? Because there's like a few bootlegs out there like where he sounds okay. How can he sound so bad? He's reverse Ozzy. Ozzy can't yeah. speak, but once he sings, it's like shot in the dark. You can understand it. Vince yeah. Neil could speak totally normal. Totally right. normal. But as soon as it's girls, girls, girls- He's forgotten how to pronounce anything.
2: Yeah. It's really strange. And, you know, John, John five is a great guitar player, but I don't think, I don't think it's, uh, for most people, it just, it doesn't matter how good John five is because I mean, don't get me wrong. I think people are fine seeing Motley Crue, but I think there's always going to be a certain amount of fans that are like, I would rather see Mick. And and a lot of people are going to miss Mick for sure. But, uh, you know, no doubt that, that, uh, like, listen, John sounds good, but, but Mick had great fucking tone. And let's face it, he was a big part of writing all that stuff. He wrote a lot of killer riffs. So it's weird. I don't know. It's Molly Crew. I think everybody's like kind of used to it sounding a certain way. And, and, uh, you know, Mick probably couldn't go on the way he was going. He probably, probably had pain. So I wish Mick Mars the best. He, he's an awesome, awesome player and he's always been, uh, He's always been the one uh, guy in Motley Crue that didn't say that Steel Panther sucked a bag of dicks. So thank you, Mick.
3: <laughs> well, I mean, speaking of Steel Panther having a new you know, person in the lineup, have you noticed anything in terms of your fans or have you gotten any response having, a, you know, since you guys were together as a unit for so long, having a new person there? What, what do you feel has changed from your perspective?
2: Well, I mean, obviously, anytime you change a band member, it's, it's going to be different. Um, we've got, uh, I mean, I, th- I feel like here's the good thing about, about Steel Panther. Um, you know, Lexi never really contributed as far as writing goes. And he, he didn't, so he didn't bring a lot to the table as far as the music goes. So it's not like we were missing a songwriter. Um, and, and when it comes to the live show, you know, comedically, I mean, listen, we miss him. He, you know, he's he's he was always fun to be with and fun to to watch. But uh, as far as the banter and as far as the the talking and things, he would chime in once in a while. But he didn't talk a lot on the microphone. He mostly just uh, provided that. You know, he was very fun to watch visually. But um, but Spider is a uh, Spider doing a great job. I mean, like it it doesn't feel like we we're a different band live because I, you know, listen, I run my trap. I run my trap a lot and I talk a lot with Michael and then, and then spider does what, what Lexi did. He would chime, he'll chime in once in a while and where it's appropriate. And, um, but a lot of the, a lot of our show involves the crowd. So we talk to the crowd and we get the crowd involved. And that has a lot to do with me and a lot to do with Michael. And, um, and it didn't have a lot to do with Lexi as much when it came to the dialogue and the banter between the crowd. But uh, that said, it's definitely a different, it's a different animal, and it's and uh, and we appreciate Lexi for what he brought. But at the end of the day, I look at it like this: he he made he made the choice. He made the choice to leave. And if our fans are if our fans. Um, listen, and if you're a Steel Panther fan and you love Lexi Fox and you feel like the band's never going to be the same without Lexi Fox and you don't want to watch it, that's your prerogative. You can leave and stop being a fan, but we're out there and I feel like our shows are just as much fun as they, as they ever were. And not only do we sound better than we've ever sounded, but, but the, the party is just as much fun. And it's, and we've got a new record out and, and I think it's proof that we are continuing to be creative and and be fun and we're going to go we're going to keep touring until until the next pandemic hits you know what i'm saying
0: i think it's i think it's really hilarious that people are upset about the bass thing. I mean, if we look about like in the annals of rock in, in history, how big of a deal losing a bass player versus like, I don't know, Pantera is touring with Zach wild and Charlie, which by the way, I I love Pantera and I love the music and I'm glad that they're going around. But again, it's, you know, it's the same thought process as having Joe Satriani play Van Halen, calling it Van Halen, you know? Uh, Meanwhile, you're the songwriter. Like, I mean, you, and you're with, three of the four guys and it's like, oh, how could they ever be the same? And it's like, it gives you perspective in this world.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, you know, Steel Panther, we're we're more than, we are more than uh, just the songs or just the, you know, any one guy, uh, you know, but, but you're right. I mean, we've still got the same songwriter. We have still got the same singer. I think that's really important. The singer is a very important part of the band. Um, But we, um, but we never chose to have Lexi leave. So I, I look at it like this. If you're a fan of the band, you, you have a choice to either continue to support the band or not. Um, If somebody chooses to leave the band, you know, that's that's their choice. I mean, it, it's uh, I, I feel bad for I mean, there's there's people out there that have said, you know, that it's you know, that we that we fired him or we made him we forced him out of the band. That's all bullshit. Um, he left of his own accord, and and he didn't want to be in the band anymore. And I'll be honest with you, that, that bummed me out. If you want, if you quit the band, you know, there, there's no way back in, you know, and and a lot of people are like, bring back Lexi, bring back Lexi. It's not my, listen, he quit the band. And as far as I'm concerned, we're moving on without Lexi Fox. He'll never be a part of the band again. Sorry to say that. If you're a fan of Steel Panther, if you're you're hoping that Lexi is coming back, he will never come back to the band that's cats out of the bag. He's, he's not coming back and it's got nothing to do with him. It's got to do with, uh, with us as a band and, and me as a guy, I don't, I don't, that's like a, a girl fucking my best friend. And then, and then go, Hey, let's get back together. No, I'm sorry. I mean, I don't really care if she fucks my best friend, but I mean, if she, um, you know, that's similar, you know what I'm trying to say.
0: Yeah.
2: I mean, yeah. listen, you got a band. We built this band from scratch and took it from playing gigs for a hundred bucks a night to for to doing Wembley Arena. And and, uh, and and if you do that and then somebody just quits out of the blue and says, fuck you, I'm out. Then. That's his choice, but I'm not. Is that,
0: is that how it happened, though? I mean, can we talk about that? Because, I mean, I I, I love you guys. How, how did you find out that Lexi was like for real out? You know, it's 40 well, years. He,
2: he left. He didn't, he, he didn't, he didn't, he'd made a choice. He didn't write a letter. He didn't say goodbye. He just said, I'm out. And it, and it was, it wasn't, you know, listen, that's his decision. But, uh, but again, you know, that that's, you know, I'm not, without going into too much detail, he's the one who made that decision. And, you know, the fans, I, I feel like the fans need to know that. Because there, there are fans that are like, you know, I've seen pe- people post things like, you know, you know, Steel Panther's being run by by a, a manager and the manager made, uh, made Lexi like quit the band. Like that's all, whoever's telling you that is an idiot. Like Steel Panther is only run by the four guys that were in the band. And we have always made this made decisions we are more of a band than any band out there we've always made decisions together we've always given everybody ample opportunity to chime in about every situation whether it was a whether it was a fucking contract to play one club or whether it was a tour or whether it was a song lyric anything that's ever gone down everybody always has their their say and um but, you know, so nobody, nobody, there's no outside entity that could come into this band and say, and, and take over our band. That doesn't happen. Do we have people that help run our social media? Absolutely. But we have, we have the ultimate say in all that shit. So if somebody rubs us the wrong way, they get fired. But that said, we didn't fire Lexi Fox because we valued him as an equal member of the band. He quit. He quit the band and and it wasn't uh you know again it wasn't it wasn't something we wanted but he he quit so um but when you quit to me that that's that's you know that's where i draw the line like i can't go back can't i can't go backwards like i'm not i'm not going to be cheap trick i can't do it sorry
0: that sounds like he drew a line in the sand like i mean when your brother's in a band I mean, that's, it's interesting because, you know, you guys always had pr- prided yourself on being a band. And through like 16 Van Halen lineups and 87 Aussie drummers, there was one metal school Steel Panther. So I guess I can understand that after all that time, like it's, it's hard not to t- well, you clearly do take it personal because it's one of those, I understand you've removed yourself from it, but bro, you can't unfuck my chick.
2: You can't, you can't, I mean, that's the thing, like, it, it it is, um, being in a band is like being in a marriage. It's like being in a marriage. And, and, and the shit that you go through in a band, it, it's not fucking easy. And anybody who thinks it's easy being in a band is out of their fucking mind. There's no money in it now. You're fucking, you're busting your ass for a fraction of the money that you could have made 30 years ago or 20 years ago. Um, and, anybody who's in a band does it for the love of it. And if you're lucky enough to even be able to make a decent living or a living at all, um, you, you don't, you shouldn't take it for granted. And, um, if somebody, you know, and, and that's, that's a band, a band is like, it's not just a marriage. It's also a business partnership, right? So you've got this company and this, and this business entity that you formed that you, you need to protect at all costs because it's your livelihood so i personally would never never quit and leave my other guys hanging and leave them in a situation where they didn't know what to do all of a sudden their their livelihoods are in jeopardy or their their jobs it's our job And it's not just a job. It's it's a privilege to be able to play music for fans that fucking love us. It's a privilege. And so when you quit and you say, I'm out and I don't care about the fans and I don't care about you guys, I don't care whether you ever get a gig again. I don't care if nobody hires you because I'm not in the band anymore. And I don't care if the fans don't want to see you anymore because I, I'm not in it you're basically giving the middle finger to everybody involved including the fans so the fans should be like oh fuck that guy in my opinion but there's a bunch of fans that are there's always going to be fans that are like well no way man that that guy was the only guy and without that guy and and if they are not steel panther fans anymore then that's then they can they can walk as far as I'm concerned the the band the guys who gave a shit about the band are still in the band. Simple as that.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, it's unfortunate, too, that a lot of fans and people out there just have no or very limited perspective of what all the things that you just said. You know, how it really works, what really goes into it, and what are the dynamics and the sacrifices that you're making. And it's, it's very easy for an outsider, just like the people that, you know, make the nasty comments on YouTube, to project whatever they think is going on into a situation. And it's just, it's impossible to you know, to make it known, you know, across the board, what's really going on. Cause people are just, they're outside of that bubble, you know?
2: I can just say this. If, if Lexi wanted to be in the band still, he would have still been in the band. We, we as a band, like I said, have g- gave him every opportunity to stay in the band. Um, and he made that choice. But, but like I said, once you make that choice, that, that it, it is personal because it, 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 it's, uh, it not only was you know a hey I, I don't care about you enough to for you to make a living anymore but i don't care enough about what we built i don't care enough about the fans that love it and for me like i take it very personally that you know especially i mean and maybe it's because he didn't contribute enough you know i mean when i go out and i and i have fans that come up to me and say I fucking love you guys, you know. Or, or yeah, I swear to God, I've had I've had people say things like, "Hey, man, I I, I served in Iraq, and without your music, I don't think I would have made it through." And that's like really heavy shit. Like, like that makes me go, "Oh my god!" Like, like I'm not. It's not just dick jokes, you know. Yeah, it's <laughs> fun. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, but but people are using music, and and it's it's helping them through. Difficult shit in their lives. So for me, I don't take it lightly. Like I, like I feel like I said, it's a privilege to be able to play music and to create music that people look forward to hearing. And every time we get to do a show and every time we release a record, I am, I take it seriously. Yes, I don't, you know, I, I take it seriously, but I don't take it seriously. I want people to have fun. I want people to laugh, but I'm never going to leave people hanging because this is, this is a awesome bitchin' band to be in, and I'm proud that we've been able to create something where we have fans. And I'll keep doing shows as long as there's enough people that show up that we can make a living doing it, and that and that we can we can do it. So um, I'm in it. I'm in it to win it. I'll, I'll keep going. And even if Metallica asks me to join their band, I'm gonna say no. Unless it's a fucking shit ton of money and then I'm
0: out. So, Would you consider it like escapism? Because it's like, I mean, all right, you said it's not just dick jokes, which I've been to a bunch of shows and I know it's not just dick jokes. In fact, you guys are incredible musicians. You write incredible songs. You're incredible performers. And you're like the, the musicality, like the actual, the songwriting, the understanding, the timing, all of those things are amazing. But... You know, obviously, if you're like the PMRC over there and they see just dick jokes, have you created like a very high level form of escapism that people don't necessarily get? Well, I mean, it's
2: when I when I say it's not just dick jokes, what I'm saying is, you know, the like any art form
0: jokes, too. Yeah, right.
2: Like any art form. I mean, like if it was only if we released albums that were just dick jokes and they entertained people, ultimately, the the fans, what it means to the fans and, and the entertainment value that it brings, um, and if it can help somebody, you know, whether it's escapism or whatever you want to call it, if it can get somebody to a happier place in their life and help them through dark times, it doesn't matter whether you're a good songwriter, it doesn't matter whether you're whether you're, whether you're, you know, changing, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. It's 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 all about creating something that people want to go to and listen to and enjoy. And and we've created a fan base of people that uh, that are truly enjoying it, and they've and they've expressed that to me. And and uh, and I I take that very, I take that with a lot of pride. It's a, I take it I take it seriously. Like. Like there's this, there's this people out there, whether it's a hundred people or a thousand or a million Steel Panther fans out there that love what we do. I'm going to keep it going as long as I can because I'm helping people enjoy their lives and get through their lives. And let's face it, you know, the world is a shit show right now. So it needs as much funny, awesome shit as we can, as we can deliver. Because um, it's not really, it's. It's a it's a crazy planet right now. So I'm trying to to bring a little levity to it, and uh, and the more dick jokes the better.
1: <laughs> You're here,
3: absolutely. No, it's, I relate to that a lot. I mean, I, I've had a similar experience. I mean, my band, obviously, you know, we deliver a very different product, but I, I think that is one of the things that I remember when I'm like, I couldn't see myself ever leaving that because you get told by someone that it's like you know, I was suicidal and I listened to your music and that got me through that, you know, and that's like, how can you like, it feels like you're ditching that person when you leave the music, you know, like you think about all those stories that you hear of people, whether it's something heavy like that, or whether it's just people that are really into the story or really into the music on a positive note. I mean, it really is. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a commitment sort of of a lifetime, you know, and it is like a marriage in a lot of ways. You got to, you've got like a a purpose and a mission and you stick to it and you stay committed to it. And it, because it's got meaning
1: the star set steel Panther tour, uh, 2024 <laughs> is going to be incredible.
3: Yeah. there you go.
0: Wait, whose crowd will give less of a fuck about the other person's crowd. Oh my That's God. Right. That would be <laughs> the
1: weirdest conglomerate. It, it'll be just
0: space helmets and fucking mullets. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Which is fine. <laughs> I've seen stranger things.
3: Also, I'll say about our fans so one thing I love about them is they are all super inclusive and like open-minded so I can't imagine any star set fan like looking at a fan of another band and being like oh I don't like this person they're all like oh no we're all a big team it's yeah. it's a very very inclusive community at least amongst and our fans and I feel like with you as well They
0: wear spandex too just different type of spandex yeah, yeah. yeah. Our,
2: our fans are the same way we, we have a lot of bands tour with us that are that are different and uh, and our fans are usually really open they I mean listen they're all they're, they're there to have a good time. So I, I think they're just if there's an opening band, they look at it like icing on the cake, and um, and when we've opened for people too, I think uh, you know, granted, like you know, Judas Priest fans were a little heavier, uh, a little more hardcore, but but um, but ultimately, you know, it's it's I think I think most people in general, you know, Iron Maiden fans can be rough, but uh, but you know, if you go out there and, and you're and you're kicking ass and you're putting 100 into it, I think a lot of a lot of music fans. And let's face it, like people that go to live shows in this day and age, most of them are music fans because there's a lot of shit you can do on your phone and never leave your house. Um, that's why I think it's really important to be a musician and go out and do gigs and, 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 you know, bring, bring new people into it, like show them what, what they're
1: missing, you know? Yeah. Listen, Satchel, thank you for coming and hanging with us again. It's, it's been a while and it's been a pleasure to, to catch up. Yeah. On the prowl, uh, the next studio album is coming out on February 24th, which may or may not be right now or last week or next week. We don't.
3: <laughs> whenever this comes out,
1: whenever this, this is this dropped.
2: Yeah, it's, uh, we're excited about it. Go check it out. We got a couple videos out, or three videos out already, and they're they're on uh, steelpantherrocks.com. And um, and we're excited to go on tour. Our, our tour starts on the 24th, same day the uh, the record comes out, and we're playing Vegas. And then we're going everywhere. We're going all over the United States. So,
0: you guys are coming to Boston, right? I think we're going to be in Worcester. Worcester,
2: yeah, Worcester.
3: We always play there as well.
0: Yeah, that's my actual my hometown. But Corey, I was. It's funny because we were looking for we're lost looking through some Lost Symphony stuff, and the last time I actually saw Ollie Herbert, the guitarist from All That Remains, alive was with was backstage. You got, you got him backstage because they didn't believe his past for whatever reason. But we, we gave Corey a hard time because Styx was with us. And uh, we, we made a little video message, which I'll, I'll give to you, Corey, if you want. Uh, basically saying, fuck you for not coming to Steel Panther. So we just want to say, Corey, fuck you for not coming with us. I'm not even talking to you anymore. No, nope. we're going to break up. Ollie, what do you think about it?
3: I'm disappointed,
0: Corey. Yeah, we're not mad, we're just disappointed.
1: I'm actually not even disappointed, I'm mad. (laughs) You know, because like everybody says, I'm not mad, I'm disappointed. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, see you soon.
0: Corey and I have made it a thing for over a decade to go to every single Steel Panther show. So hopefully we'll be able to come see you guys in Worcester at my hometown. I don't think I've ever seen you there.
2: Oh, that's great, I didn't know it was your hometown. So uh, let me know how many tickets you need. I'll throw you on the list
3: nice maybe i'll fly up to boston and we'll make it yeah. a trio that would be <laughs> that, fun would, for be, me to see that would be so sick
0: siobhan please yeah. come for that okay i'm down <laughs> yes i, I
3: got it i haven't seen steel panther yet so i have to see it after all these episodes i gotta see the live show
1: yes yeah, okay, come that's out definitely gonna happen <laughs> all right guys satchel thank you so much check out 2020-d.com we'll catch you next time thank you as always for checking out this episode of 2020 please visit 2020-d.com like and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on future episodes this week's throwback clip is from episode number 172 featuring david abrazise formerly of pearl jam check it out
0: every time i go on the internet and i ever hear about your name it's always like david abrazise should be back in pearl jam is that something that would ever fucking happen for a nerd like me i can't imagine it it wouldn't be up to me but i at this point i can't imagine it ever it seems
1: like they're just like the idea of like the the conversation the first 15 minutes of me walking into a room with those guys um i could i could picture a couple of hugs but then inevitably there'd be some questions about royalty rates and uh you know all the things it,
0: it would just get ugly quick. So. Is
3: one hundred point seven WMMs?
0: It wasn't just a radio station; it was a life. Cleveland is, is a rock and roll city for sure. The rise and fall of one of the most iconic radio stations in America. Profiles: The Wrath of the Buzzard. P r o h Files. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts.